Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. If you look for it, every day has cause for celebration. Celebrate a friend for their promotion baby wedding life thing. Celebrate yourself for keeping the couch warm. It's no easy feat, especially if it's a big couch. Or maybe you just want to celebrate living in 2023 where you can get beer, wine, and spirits delivered from Drizzly in under 60 minutes without leaving said couch. So download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y.com and get your favorite drinks delivered today. I mean, ever since art college, I've really had a problem with doing a piece of work and then putting it in a huge empty white room so that posh people can drink wine and think about buying it or not. It just doesn't do anybody any fucking good, really. And, and that's what I've always thought pop music was will always be a far more vibrant art, art form, ultimately, because, like, when you hear something on the radio, you know that triggers something in you that it, you, you're never the same again. Uh, and, and it's harder to do that in, in a gallery. Welcome to No Filler, the music podcast dedicated to sharing the often overlooked hidden gems that fill the space between the singles on our favorite records. My name is Quentin, got my brother Travis with me, and we're back from our holiday break. Travis, are you still full brother and other generic speak of Thanksgiving? Uh, I just finished up the uh, leftover turkey right uh, today, actually. So, please tell me you put all of it on a sammy with the stuffing and the taters. I make myself a, a Thanksgiving sandwich, dude. I, no, I never do that. I mean, I, I I put the turkey on a sandwich, but I never put like the stuffing and the mashed potatoes on a sandwich. Dude, do it, man. Why would I do that? Why wouldn't you? You know, that way I could still have a side of mashed potatoes, a side of stuffing <laughs> with my turkey sandwich. You, you, you feel me? All right. Fine. So, uh, feels good to be back, dude. Man, we've been kind of sporadic the last month or so. I'm ready to get back into it, brother. Yeah, me too. So, we're getting back into our radio headathon. Nah, I don't like that. Uh, radio. 
No. What do you want to call this, dude? Spoonathon just works so well, you know. Uh, we could call it a. Uh, we could call it a Radiohead fest. I don't know. <laughs> Radiohead yeah. Palooza. That's okay. That's you know what? That's fine. We'll go with that. Uh, we're gonna cover Kid A today, which is their fourth studio album came out in October of 2000 um, so you remember when we when we covered spoon and we we said that I, th- I think we landed on gimme fiction being like their defining moment as a band you know like gimme fiction kind of defined their sound and from that point on everything that you heard on gimme fiction, like that was a pretty good snapshot of kind of like what Spoon, it kind of just encompassed Spoon as a band, you know. Yeah, I think Gimme Fiction was like the blueprint for every album since then. As yeah. wh- whereas like their previous works, it was them sort of like refining it and like getting to like that formula that they came up with. Yeah, which is why which is why we like the albums that came out before Gimme Fiction because. It was still them kind of working their way through things. Like, you know, each album was different up to Gimme Fiction. Yeah. But yeah, I could. So, so you're saying that, that Kid A is, is like, uh, were they sort of, they're, they're defining the defining point for, for Radiohead? Yeah. Yeah. I could see I that. I think so. Yeah, I could see that. And so, so here's the deal, dude. Um, I don't know if this is common knowledge or not, but this is. Um, well, okay. Anyone who anyone who's a, a big Radiohead fan will probably know this. So it, it turns out that um, Tom York went through a really really dark period right after OK Computer. Um, the way he put it, he was just a complete fucking mess. You know, just in in a deep state of depression. Um, because you think about it, you know they 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 saw their success with the bins. Uh, with their single creep so you know they got boosted into the you know the the rock and roll status then okay computer comes out two years later saw you know equal success as far as like continuing that path um you know to rock stardom and he was just he was already sick of it man he the way he puts it there's nothing more boring than a rock and roll star Someone who has been on the road for 10 years, expecting attention wherever he goes, drinking himself stupid, who is obnoxious, incoherent, uncreative, and has a massive ego. There's nothing more pointless. I love that line, dude. So you're saying he turned he, he turned into that and he, he didn't He just, he, he didn't he like just saw them on that path and he, he hated it, man. And like he, you know, he was going, you know, touring the road playing to massive crowds um and he just basically he couldn't handle it dude like i mean i don't know if it's really that like okay i don't know if he couldn't handle it but like he just he just couldn't stand it um yeah i mean that happens he said he felt like he was going crazy all the time man it happens all the time like with it, it happened to to kirk Cobain, right i mean after the huge yeah. uh success that that they got after um after nevermind right so it just came right. so quickly. Yeah, exactly. Um, so OK Computer 
again comes out in 97 so apparently around new years of 98 tom york thinks of this point as one of one of the lowest points in his life he said i felt like i was going crazy every time i picked up a guitar i got the horrors i would start writing a song and stop after 16 bars i would hide hide the guitar away and when i looked at it again i would just tear it up and destroy it i was sinking down and down um so basically he said he just felt like he was completely unhinged um so something had to change he didn't want to continue the formula and just spit out you know spit out records just to appease the record labels and you know like it just he, he just didn't want to do that anymore um which i thought was interesting that even even as far back as as the late 90s Tom York was already just completely sick of the whole major record label, like rock star um, status, you know? So around this time he starts, he started buying electronic music and getting into electronic music. He says it was refreshing because the music was all structures and had no human voices on it, but I felt as emotional about it as I'd ever felt about guitar music. I'd completely had it with melody. I just wanted rhythm. Hmm. Okay. So, now I just realized I jumped the gun big time, brother. Yeah, you did. <laughs> I think we need to uh, take a step back because I got I got way too excited, man. Uh, let's share our what your hurts for the week, dude. I feel like that's a good stopping point. Yeah, you yeah you've you've teed it up for us nicely. Yeah. Um, I'll start. So this is actually I'm going back to a band that I've played before as a What You Heard, because dude, I just can't get enough of this album, man. Um, I actually just picked it up on vinyl recently. Um, remember the band Wolf People? I showed you that song Kingfisher. I don't remember what episode I played it on, but uh, it's this psychedelic rock band emphasis on like the more heavy side. Like they have a lot of really great like just classic rock uh guitar riffs this is actually a song from the same album that i shared with you earlier uh it's an album called ruins that came out this year and dude this is quickly becoming like my favorite album of the year easily um every fucking song in this album is just fucking great dude um so i'm gonna share a song called uh, not me sir which is track eight on the album. Um, yeah, here it is. Let's do it.
Yeah, dude. That was fire. That was on fire. <laughs> dude. So I'm who was that? You, man. Who was that again? What? I want names. <laughs> it's Wolf People. Wolf. So I I played you a song from the same album called Kingfisher, and on another episode, it, I said it, it reminded me of um, Westworld because I was getting into. Oh Westworld yeah, that's right. Time. So what yeah, was dude. the name of that track? That's that track I just played for you is called "Not Me, Sir." All right. Look, the album's called Ruins. Came out this year. Give it a listen, dude. It will be. Yeah, that you, dude. Hang that, on. A that guitar riff was. Give me a moment. Was great. Give man. me a moment. I made a mistake, man. Okay, this is their latest release. Okay, for some reason I thought it came out this year. It sure as hell didn't. It came out in 2016. But this is this is their latest album, and god damn it, dude. I, I can't emphasize enough how much I love this record, dude. Every fucking song on this record is a banger. Did you uh, did you find it on vinyl? Yes, I did. Have you been listening at all? I, said I just picked it up on vinyl recently, <laughs> did you, dude. You said that today? Yeah, you said in that? this recording. Oh, that's hilarious. Wow. Well, shit, because, you know, could have got that for you for Christmas. Yeah, well, you don't. Apparently, you don't listen to me. My bad. Your twin brother, your own flesh and blood, literally your own flesh. Um, I don't know if that, that works out. Damn, I don't know if that works out. Literally. <laughs> All right, whatever. So yeah, that's Wolf People. I can't get enough of that album. I'm on the Bandcamp for this for this uh, the Bandcamp page for this album, and it says if you like Wolf People, you may also like Elder. That is so true, dude. Uh, Elder is this group um, that I, I don't know if I've done a I don't think I've talked about them at all on No Filler but they are another really really great they're classified as doom metal which I don't not even close but they're they're just like these guys where it's kind of a classic rock revival but but you know not not in a gimmicky way but in like their own way you know yeah kind of like these cool these guys. So anyway, all right. Let's 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 uh, do a little 180 here and uh, talk about Cabbage Boy, which is my what you heard for the week. All I know about Cabbage Boy is that they came up probably on some sort of artist radio or something like that for me a long time ago. Q, uh, I've I've talked about and played bits and pieces of my. I don't know how to classify it other than it's almost like uh, it's IDM, but it's got this nod toward um, it's hypnagogic for me, at least, because it sounds like sort of the old uh, devices that were used to make video game scores from like, you know, Nintendo era, like Super Nintendo era video game music. Right. So like 8 bit. 8-bit, but not straight-up chip tunes, right? Got it. So anyway, I've, I've been putting together this playlist for years, like since 2013. I've been adding to this playlist. Any, anything that sounds like that, whatever, however you classify it. You know, it's sort of like Boards of Canada type uh, IDM. And we talked about Boards of Canada and Hypnagogic Pop and all that stuff when we did our Tycho episode. So anyway, Cabbage Boy... Uh, they've got some tracks that sound like that. 
on this one particular album uh, called what is it called? Called genetically modified. Yeah, genetically modified. So anyway, I, my I was listening to that playlist on shuffle the other day, and I had a couple of this guy's tracks on there, and I realized that I never actually hit play on the album and just listen to the whole thing. So I did that today and I would classify this track almost more as um, like down tempo trip hop, but it's still got a little bit of that flavor to it. So anyway, this song is called Hey, Hey, We're the Monks. It's by Cabbage Boy. It came out in 1999. So it's kind of a, kind of an oldie. So here we go. Yeah, so, you know, I think I've, you, you even said it earlier, like, well, you didn't say it on this recording, but, like, I've I've said, perhaps even on this episode, on the show, that I don't, I don't particularly care for sampled audio like that, like sampled vocals, because I think sometimes it can be done, like, I hate the chipmunk voice in, in, uh, in down tempo and electronic music, right? When they it, yeah. sample in vocals, but they... There's a right and wrong way to do chip. Yeah, and I think there's a right and wrong way to do like just sampled vocals in a track too. Yeah, but I think that's an example of when it's it's done just subtly enough to where it's not too distracting. But it reminds me of this. There's this even it's not much older. It came out in 1998. But there's this other kind of kind of classic sort of down tempo 
uh, artist that goes by the name of the Irresistible Force, and he has this sort of um, uh, iconic album called It's Tomorrow Already that came out in 1998, and it has sort of a similar vibe to it, but, you know, just one of those great sort of classic, I say classic, but, you know, older down-tempo albums that uh, sort of when this stuff was kind of gaining traction, like down, uh, trip-hop and all that kind of stuff. But uh, anyway, this guy, his name, he goes by Cabbage Boy, but his name is uh, Simon Begg. And he is a member of the notorious Cabbage Head Artist Collective, formed in 1990. So there you go. He's part of a collective. So he goes by Cabbage Boy, he goes by Bigfoot, Buck Funk 3000, and some other names. So there you go. Well, that's kind of cool because, um, you know, that came out in 99. We're talking about Kid A, which came out in 2000. Tom York caught that electronic bug, you know. So, uh, the reason I played that clip um, that kind of talked about Tom York in art school, I think we kind of touched on that in our Arcade Computer episode. All the members of Radiohead met in art school. Um, And Tom York was kind of talking in that interview about how he, you know, right from the get-go, didn't really see the appeal um in becoming an artist in like the form of you know painting something or or being an an artist that that creates installations in art galleries he thought it was fucking pointless i think is how he put it basically he couldn't take the idea of you know his works of art just being in some giant you know white walled studio where posh highbrow people come through with their glasses of champagne and just stare at his art and you know figure out whether or not they want to buy it and take it home he wanted to get into you know pop music um and so he did and then you know for for three albums um they kind of went down the um the rock band path and it worked out for them that formula worked but he got into this deep, dark state of depression because of it. Um, and he got into a, a ser- really serious writer's block as well. Um, and then, like I had said earlier, he started listening to electronic music and got to the point where he was getting really moved by rhythm more than melody. I think that's the big thing that you notice. The big difference between... All their, their their albums before Kid A and, and then how Kid A sounds and then from that point on how all their music sounds, there's a real, like a heavy emphasis on rhythm. Um, and I think before we, we talk any more about the band or about their path moving forward from OK Computer, let's go ahead and play our first clip from the album. Um, so our intro was the first track on the album everything in its right place um and i want to say real quick here for this album they didn't so okay early 2000s right early you know late 90s early 2000s music videos were a big thing back then they didn't release any videos they didn't release any singles 
and they only played three shows in North America to promote this record. Let's just throw that out there. So, no singles on this record. It's all fair game for this podcast. Um, our first pick is going to be track two. It's the it's the title track on the record. Uh, this is Kid A, and here's our first clip. So what's interesting to me about this is that in OK Computer, they had the track with the, uh, like the computer, the computerized voice, right? Yeah. Paranoid Android. Paranoid Android, right. So like, mm-hmm. is this that same voice talking to us again? Like, what do you think? You mean like as a, like a character that he's created? Well, it's just interesting that, 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 that he did another sort of digital voice, you know? So like that can't be a coincidence, right? Well, but here's the deal, dude. Um, knowing now that Tom York, in between OK Computer and Kid A, he grew to despise melodies. That's what he said, dude. He 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 realized that there is just as much beauty, and you can be moved as deeply or even more so with rhythm uh, than melody. So, and that's the thing about this album. There's so much of this album is instrumental and not even with like acoustic instruments. Like this is the first time they introduce electronic drums and like, you know, other members of the band had to, had to figure out their place in this record without necessarily strumming a, a guitar or plucking the strings on a bass. So like, yeah, he's got his, his voice is there, but it you know like it's it's muddled and it's hidden behind these effects you know like it it's that's Tom York singing but it's not Tom York and you can almost it's almost like like you have to find the lyrics you have to read the lyrics to know what he's saying right so that's like not even so 
to quote Tom York again, he says about this record, you're not really supposed to think about the words. That's the whole point all through the record. The lyrics are over before you have time to talk and worry about it. That's how it works. Um, and I want to quote, so I don't have in my notes where this is coming from, um, but I'm going to throw all of uh, my sources in our show notes. But one thing I really liked uh, to quote someone who, who, who wrote an article and, and interviewed Tom York around this time, everything, everything that I'm pulling from is around 2000, maybe 2001. Uh, they say it's the equivalent of walking around in an unfamiliar city. The basics are all there. Big concrete buildings, expansive skylines, and the cold gray pavement underfoot. But it is only once you know where you're going that hidden alleyways begin to reveal themselves and hidden treasures can be found. I think that's what I love so much about Kid A is that it is, it's equal, like at the same time, it is unfamiliar, especially like if you're a Radiohead fan and you were a fan before this record, you're listening to it and you're like, what the fuck is, what am I listening to? Like, where, where's Tom York? You know, <laughs> where's, where's uh, Johnny? Where are, where, where's Colin? Um, but the more you listen to it, you start to, to find these hidden treasures. Um, so with that, with that quote, uh, I got another clip from Kid A. Um, so let's, let's go ahead and listen. To that. And so, okay. So here's what I did for this one. I really like the transitions in this album from song to song. They're not all seamless, you know, like they don't all kind of bleed into each other necessarily, but I really like the mood from song to song. And our next pick is going to be the next track on the record, uh, which is called the national anthem. And uh, for this next clip, I've got the end of kid a and then it goes straight into the national anthem. So this is kind of a lengthy clip, but again, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna fade out Kid A, and it's gonna go straight into the national anthem. All right, so here it is.
Yeah, so I just love how um, how instrumental this this album is, right? Like how Dude, they. So that's another reason why I thought it'd be it'd be cool to have kind of a, a joint clip for those two songs because that's three minutes of instruments, basically, of, of just instrumental music. Um, I mean, yeah, you've got you've got his vocals in Kid A, but again, like it's 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 hidden away behind those effects to where, you know, like you said, it sounds like a, a paranoid Android again, basically. Um, yeah, dude, that's, that's the whole thing. Like that's, that's what he was, he was trying to get away from, from melody and focus more on rhythm. Um, and I just want to say that's one of my favorite, um, uh, Philip Selway drum beats. I fucking love that drum beat, but yeah, man, that's, yeah, I faded it out just as you started to sing just because, like, well, in our in the second clip of the national anthem, anthem, I only cut out like maybe thirty seconds. We're pretty much gonna play the whole song, but um, yeah, that was pretty much all just rhythm. Yeah, his drum beats do remind me of um, like a, a lot of times they are really simple, like drum, almost like a drum track, you know. Yes, man. And dude, it, I've said it so many times on this podcast, dude. That is my favorite kind of drummer. Um, that's the reason I love Jim Eno from Spoon. It, you know, not every drummer can do that effectively. Yeah, I mean, it, it, but what's interesting is for for what they're doing on Kid A, it lends itself to the more like the shift toward more electronic music, you know? Well, yeah, and and there's songs that we're gonna share today that are straight up uh, looped, you know, drum beats like on a computer, not even behind a real like acoustic kit. You know, it's weird because it it's kind of seems like the other members of the band kind of shifted towards this type of music along with Tom York. You know, so one thing about this album. Uh, the recording process, I mean, it spanned, you know, what, let's see, from what, 90, what was it, 97 when OK Computer came out to 2000, that's three years. They they recorded in four different studios in three different countries. and But the writing process and, like, the ideas and all that, um, you know, of course, took took a long time. I mean, that's three years in between record, in, in between releases. Um, and of course there were a lot of, uh, you know, it was kind of a fractious period for the band because like I mentioned earlier, like the other band members are like, okay, where's my place in the band then if we're not even going to have like this entire track, there's no real drums, you know, what am I going to do? You know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but, but, you know, just like, just like with Spoon, like, you know, the, they had a, 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 a kind of defining moment. And with the other albums we're going to cover, you'll see that this is, I mean, this is Radiohead now. Like this is, they became Radiohead with Kid A. Yeah. I mean, what's interesting is like, usually when I see Spoon live and and they do a a song that on the track, on the recording at least, didn't have a guitar part or something like that, they'll usually find something to do, you know, like they'll rework it for the live show. Right, right, right. Yeah, and I was I was checking out some live footage of Radiohead around this time, and they they do the same thing. I mean, of course, Philip 
plays plays those beats uh even if it's an electronic beat on the song you know he plays it behind his kit same with jimmy you know uh with spoon like like just like what you were saying um so let's finish up uh the rest of national anthem like i said really all i all i all i fade out or the only part that's missing is like a little instrumental bit in between the verses so we're going to fade back into verse two um i don't play the rest of the song really but uh there's a really cool um horns section that pops up this i think it's i want to say it might be the first time that that you hear horns in a radiohead song um and it's really fucking cool so here is clip two from track three the national anthem So it's probably safe to say this is where he uh, is is drawing influence from Miles Davis, right? I mean, yeah, right. Like bitches brew, right? Because we talked about that earlier. Yeah, I think he draws influence from from uh, the bitches brew uh, sessions, and that you know Miles Davis kind of was experimenting with recording techniques back then, um, and. Uh, that's kind of that's kind of where Tom York pulled influences from. It's just in the way that that they said about recording "Bitches Brew." That's where, what I read. Um, but yeah, of course, you know, I'm sure he he pulled in uh, those horns, yeah, because he was. I know he was listening to Miles Davis a lot. So they had it was that was pretty much all saxophone and and trombone. There were eight players uh, in that recording. Um, Man, that just 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 kind of gets like manic at the end there, you know. Yeah, it it, it definitely does. Uh, you know, and I could 
take or leave that, right? But it's obviously they're going, they're they're doing that for a reason. What I liked about it is that drum track, dude. Like that that repetitive, like you said, like looped beat kind of feeling behind Philip Selway's drum beat. That's the constant in that that song. You know, everything else is just going to shit. But that drum beat's still just going and going. I don't know, man. I just I just love it. And yeah, like, that is cool. Yeah, and uh, the lyrics there, um, dude. I'm just gonna read it. It's it's really tiny. Uh, he says, "Everyone, everyone around here, everyone is so near. It's holding on. It's holding on. Everyone, everyone is so near. Everyone has got fear. It's holding on." And then he just keeps saying, like, it's holding on. He just keeps doing that over and over as, like, the horns just get more crazy and crazy. I love how he just starts to, like, elevate his voice and kind of, like, almost scream at the end. Like, I fade it out, but it gets even crazier at the end. And he continues to just say, it's holding on. It's holding on. That's one of those moments in the album, dude, that just gets me every time. So, that's that's probably why his drum drum beat is so consistent right because that drum beat it's maybe, I'm, maybe i'm yeah maybe i'm reading too far into it but, maybe know, if, if there's a but that's if, cool if, you know it depends on what the meaning of those lyrics are but like if he's saying like it's holding on maybe he's talking about like while everything around you is going crazy you know yeah you just gotta there's some sort gotta, of uh yeah yeah that's, no it, i mean it, it, uh, you know tom york is not known for like inspirational lyrics so i don't know if that's like especially okay computer was like a uh it was like a sort of a like assessment of like looking into the future like our dependence on technology and stuff that's kind of what that yeah whole thing was about yeah yeah so uh let's move on shall we um our next clip is going to be a few tracks down dude we have to, we uh, can't talk we can't not talk about hoss and that baseline is on oh, that song yeah dude, just starts right. right out starts the song right out you know yeah, just, and that's another thing that's consistent almost throughout the whole song. But yeah, what a yeah, what a true. fucking awesome bass line, dude. Yep, just iconic, you know. Yeah, who? Which one plays bass? Is it is it Johnny's bro? Yeah, it's his brother. Colin? Yep, cool. Those brothers can play some mean strings, you know. <laughs> uh, all right, do you want to do optimistic now? Yeah, dude, I I love optimistic. Yeah, Let's me too. That's yeah. so funny. Oh, dude. dude just... Okay, hang on one sec. I wanted to kind of bring something up here. So we're not playing track four. Uh, that one's called "How to Disappear Completely." So this is kind of a a really telling backstory to to this song. Uh, Tom York wrote "How to Disappear Completely" during their touring years for OK Computer. He wrote it after playing a huge outdoor concert uh i think in dublin or something and you really don't have to know anything else about the song just think about the name how to disappear completely that's how tom york felt and when he's standing on that stage just in a uh, you know just a fucking sea of people think about that dude you're the one that everyone is focusing on but in your mind you're completely just dis- you're, you're gone you know like that's how. That's where he was in his mind. Like wh- none of this matters. Like he he was really yeah. struggling with with that. Like the the rock and roll mindset, and he he just he couldn't think of anything that was more pointless than being a rock star. Yeah, I could see, dude. I could see that being 
being something that goes through like if you're if you're if you're a genuine musician and you're not out there like you didn't set out to make it big and like you're 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 a genuine artist and musician and you you get a mega hit on the radio and then all of a sudden you're you're packing arenas and stuff and everybody showed up just to hear that one song and you're like right. I've got all these other great songs that I've written it probably does Dude. start to get you know that's it happened to it's happened to so many bands you know um i i don't i can't think of the guy's name at the moment but um that happened to to lcd sound system there's a fucking documentary yeah, there's the, on it right the, the name of the the album the just play the hits or whatever shut up and play the hits yeah exactly that's the same yeah, that's dude. exactly what i'm talking about yep all right so yeah you know what radiohead did they, they said fuck all this let's do something completely different who fucking cares what the record label wants. Who cares what our fans are expecting? Let's do something different. So, here's track six on Kid A. It is called Optimistic. I got a couple clips for you. I love that little keyboard number, man. That yeah, that's cool, man. That's like a just a subtle change, uh, like a subtle addition that really changes the whole feel of that of that that part of the song. Yeah. So uh, that clip was a little bit long, but I wanted to get to the the whole uh, this little piggy number that he did. You know what I mean? The this one's optimistic. This one went to market. That's basically. Yeah, yeah. This you know this little piggy went when it came home or whatever. Right. I thought that was really clever and, and cool. Um. Yeah, dude. What? So what is it about the song that you like so much? I feel like for me, this is uh, just the first time uh, where you kind of hear the whole band as a band again. It, no, it, it sounds more like 
you know, it could have been another song off of OK Computer or something like that. It's yeah. more it's more in line with with their alternative rock sound. It, I mean, it's still a little bit different, but it's not like the entire album is nothing but them sort of going off on this this different route. You know. Yeah, that's kind of yeah. like back going back to that quote uh, that I you know that I said from earlier. You know, it's it's kind of it's like finding yourself you know, walking around in an unfamiliar city. Right, right. It's a Radiohead album, you know, but uh, it kind of takes a while before you, you start to, to pick up on all those, you know, hit, hidden alleyways and the band starts to reveal themselves the longer, the more you listen to the album and the more times you listen to it again and again. Um, God, dude, this... I So, I think I mentioned earlier, this might be... It's a tie for me between Kid A and Amnesiac. And these two song, these two albums were, I mean, a lot of these songs were written around the same time too. I mean, I'm jumping the gun. We're going to cover Amnesiac next, but um, yeah, man, there's just something about this, this time for, for the band, you know, for, for Tom York and his writing and, and yeah, there's just something about it, dude. Yeah, Amnesiac is is killer, man. And the problem it's, is, man. the problem for us at least, or for me at least, my four favorite songs are singles on here. Really? On Amnesiac? Dude, on Amnesiac, yeah. I well, might hey, be look, wrong. We're jumping it, dude. Jumping all right, all right, it. all right. We'll talk about uh, that. Next. We, we got a couple more. But we'll play, play. Dude, We'll we'll play some clips from some of the from some of the singles, maybe. Who just, cares? Yeah, know, just look fuck it, man. Hey, you know what? No who's looking, gonna dude. Who's gonna bust us, right? Who's gonna bust us? Nobody. <laughs> exactly. I just want so I just want to read some of the lyrics here because I like them. Uh, so from the top of the song, flies are buzzing round my head, vultures circling the dead, picking up every last crumb. The big fish eat the little ones. The big fish. <laughs> <laughs> the big fish eat the little ones. Uh, the Not my fish. problem. Give me some. <laughs> this sounds. The straight up like little Richard. Uh, you can try the best you can. The best you can is good enough. You know what? That, you know that's a positive thing to say, right? Sure. Hey, you know what? Best you can do. That's the that's that's good enough. So, I'm gonna do a similar thing that I did earlier with uh, Kid A fading into a national anthem. Uh, we're not even gonna really cover the next song after optimistic which is called in limbo um but i fucking love this little number that they do in between optimistic and in limbo i don't know if it's a a song idea that they weren't able to hash out or or what but it's just really cool it's just a a loop it's a little it's a tiny little loop um and it goes straight into in limbo and i'm just gonna kind of fade it out right at the beginning there um anyways this is the very end of optimistic fading into in limbo
fucking love that so much, dude. Yeah, that's a great. So cool. I mean, it almost sounds like a like a jam session kind of thing. Something, man. But like, do you notice how they like almost they cut off the the beat and then loop it at the at the end of Optimistic there? Right, like, right. It cuts yeah. off that measure or whatever you call it. Like, but it's it's so cool, man. Yeah. Anyways, awesome. <laughs> I love that, dude. So, um, our last pick is gonna be track eight, and I don't know about you, dude, but I feel like, in all honesty. Uh, so this is Idiotech, and I feel like this is the first song of theirs that I really fell in love with. Yeah, me too. This is the first song that I remember hearing of theirs that really caught my attention. And yeah. uh, Idiotech really sets the stage for what they start doing on Hail to the Thief, which is after Amnesiac. But they had started experimenting and doing really interesting things with like programming and like an actual like you know, almost electronic beats and stuff yeah back back then but i mean they really really uh sort of leaned into that on hail to the thief but anyway we'll get to that later but but yeah this song is just great man Ugh, i just love it the lyrics it, it, everything. It, now we'll talk about it. We, we should almost i mean we can't we can't if you want but i would like to hear the whole song honestly Let's do it. I mean, I know it's I know it's five minutes and nine seconds, but there's a reason I want to play the whole song. So let's do it.
Yeah, so um just the 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 the, the beats, man, you know. The electronic <laughs> the the it's the first I you know, it might be the first Radiohead track that really has that heavy like almost like a house beat, you know. Yeah. Uh techno sort of heavy beat to it. And like Well yeah, we that, we talked we talked about Philip and the way he drums and how it's it does have that repetitive looped beat quality, but but yeah, this one even more so. It's um I mean, it's not four on the floor or anything, but it's just, yeah, dude, it, it drives the whole song pretty much. I love the lyrics too, man. It's just great. I don't, I don't know what it's about, but uh, I just love that part where he transitions to uh, Ice Age coming, you know? Uh-huh. Uh, and they almost isolate just the track, and then they add these more sort of percussion. Uh, there's another layer of percussion added things are pulled away and it's just his vocals and the beats. And we've talked yeah. about how, how we love how, um, how down to artists do that, you know? Right. Yeah. I like the line. Um, we're not scaremongering. This is really happening. That's dude. Yeah. Oh, and you know, that, that, that women and children first line, you yeah. know? Yeah. I love it, dude. Yeah. It's just great. So man. why did you want to play the whole song through? I'm just curious. Let's talk about why, this for why, a second. Hold hold on, let's talk about these lyrics for a second. Okay. Ice Age coming. Ice Age coming. Moon and Children first. I wonder if he's talking about. uh, Maybe maybe I'm stretching again because I'm. The Titanic. Yeah, I mean Ice Age. That comes to mind to me too, but. But you know, Ice Age. I mean that's the that's the famous. line right i mean yeah, not, women and not children just first, from the right. freaking james cameron movie but women and children first man but you know he's not talking about an iceberg he's talking about the no. ice age but still <laughs> yeah that would be funny if it was iceberg coming iceberg coming <laughs> yeah right yeah um but anyway but yeah and then i like the uh the chorus is here i'm alive everything all of the time there is, there is something about about those lyrics, man. Right. You know, we're not scaremongering. This is really happening here. I'm alive. Everything, all the time. This is all fucking happening. Ice Age coming, bro. <laughs> I don't know what it means, but it speaks to me, man. Yeah, it's just a it's just a great song, man. It's a great song. Yeah. So why did you want to listen to it all the way through? I just wanted to, to to make sure that we got that full because I love the I love the way that um, there's a good segment of that song that that's just the instrument instrumentation right just the the beat and the and the and the and the uh, keys and stuff like that and the vocals are pulled away from it like I wanted to make yeah. sure we got to that part because then his vocals slowly fade back in you know yeah and it's and almost that, like um, it's almost like a it's it's his voice is almost programmed because it's and not first in the children and first yeah in the children, exactly and that, dude and if you listen right. if you if you um watch or listen to live performances like they play a lot they play around with that a lot more like they do uh use just clips of him saying that or i don't know if he uses one of those like loop pedals to loop his own voice but they they play around with that even more when you when you see it live yeah, where he just kind of cuts cuts up those words and kind of moves them around even more. It's really cool. And I know you've been lucky enough to actually see them live. I haven't actually seen them, but I've watched enough performances. 
man, Tom York is is a fucking blast to watch, dude. Oh yeah, he really gets into it. I mean, like you could tell he, he the way feels... he sways back and forth, yeah, and just right. like he like he bobs around like a fucking like it like a bobblehead, dude. Like yeah, he, I mean he just, he's shaking the whole time. He's he's being like I don't want to say moved like by the spirit. He, he lets yeah he lets the music like possess him. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think we right. all remember his dance moves in the uh, Lotus Flower <laughs> music video, right? Yeah, yeah. That was when he first... Was that his first step out into single, uh, doing solo stuff? No, that's a Radiohead song. Oh. Really? That was a Radiohead? Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's on The King uh, of Limbs. Oh, shit. Dude, you know what? I never really gave that that album a good listen. It's got some good stuff on it, including Lotus Flower. Lotus Flower is a great song. Oh, I, I love, love that, that song. song. Yeah, I, I don't know why. I always thought that was that was a solo song. Mm, nope. Well, shut me up. Maybe did you just think that because he was just in because the video by himself? Yeah, it's because the music video. Yeah. Um. All right, so that's it. That's the songs we we picked for Kid A. I do want to say that um, "Morning Bell" is another one of my favorites. Um, the members of Radiohead love "Morning Bell" so much. That they fucking wrote a, a song to to play along with it, basically, on Amnesiac. Did you know that, dude? Well, yeah, I knew that um, I knew that uh, Morning Bell was a song that, that showed up on... Um... Hold on a minute. Say that again, because I, I remember thinking the same thing. There's there's Morning right. Bell... Yeah, and, and then, then, there's, then there's Morning Bell slash Amnesiac on Amnesiac. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, yeah, yeah. So what That's I was right. thinking is we could... Backtrack a little bit on Amnesiac. We'll play Morning Bell from Kid A and then play Morning Bell from Amnesiac and kind of compare the two. I've never listened to them side by side or anything. Yeah. I think that'd be cool to do. Right. Uh, right. Anyways, so that's our picks for Kid A's 2000 release. <laughs> Did I say Kid A? <laughs> for Radiohead's 2000 release, Kid A. And again, we're continuing on uh, our coverage of all things Radiohead leading up to uh, In Rainbows. And uh, what are we... Are we doing REM next? Uh, if that's true, I'm fucking pumped. We are, dude. I think we all are. Right. Yeah, I looked I looked at your uh, schedule. Yeah, dude. Okay. I'm, well, I'm pretty I gotta, excited too, man. I got to decide what, what album that we should talk about. But um, yeah, REM is one of those bands that I got into later in life. Um, well, but, I mean, uh, shit, man. Let's face it. We were too young. We missed R.E.M. Yeah, but everybody remembers It's the End of the World as we know it and, like, you know, lo- Losing My Religion. But were we even alive when that came out, dude? Yes, man. What the hell? <laughs> when did that come out? It's the End of the World as we know it? Yeah. Shit. I don't even know. I, I got But that's, that's, that's in the, that's on the, you know, it came out in probably the 90s. I think that was, um, uh, 87, right? dude. We were, we just barely made it. 87? That's on yeah. document? Oh, yep. my bad. Yeah. Um, I'm really stoked to get into some REM. Um, and then, yeah, and then we'll then we'll dive into Amnesiac for our next full length after that one. Um, God, man, there's just so many great... Uh, it's going to be tough for me to decide what album we cover, but... Well, you got two weeks, bro, so... All right. Get on it, Brother Bear. All right. So, as always, you can... Uh, Find out more on our website, nofillerpodcast.com. We've got our show notes on there. Uh, we've got um, 
links to all the sources that we pull from. Um, you know, if you want to read it a little bit more, dive into some of the interviews that, that we pull material from, we've got links on there. Um, I'm going to for sure throw up a link to um, a live uh, recording of Radiohead in 2000. Uh, There's some DVD that came out, I think, in between Kid A and Amnesiac uh, that has this... Um, I mean, it, it looks like a home recording. I mean, it looks like a dude, just some dude in the audience brought his camcorder. But uh, the sound quality is great. It's a really cool snapshot of their live performances around 2000 um, that's up on YouTube. I'll, I'll throw um, I'll throw that on our show notes. And um, not sure what we're going to cover for our sidetrack for next week. Um, but uh, I'm going to I'm going to pull from some of Tommy York's influences from around that time and we'll figure out something. And yeah. That's going to do it for us today. For our outro, we're going to do a little Bitches Brew. I don't know if you wanted to cover this album as a full length. I don't know, dude. I feel like it's kind of hard to do like that kind of avant-garde, out there jazz for a full Yeah, length. I mean, it doesn't... It, yeah, it, it's one of those albums that you really do need to listen to just put on and listen to like it's hard like you said it's really yeah, we hard can't to, do just clips of that shit to, to dissect it and like play a clip and, and like you got to hear the whole session to really get a feel for it you know yeah yeah so we're talking about miles davis's 1970 release bitches brew um which is just i mean that's a major influence that album influenced countless Musicians, I feel like we've talked about Bitches Brew for a few different artists since starting this uh, podcast. Tom York being one of them, he was majorly influenced by the recording of this album. Um, we're going to fade out with probably my favorite one on, on, on the uh, album. Uh, this song is called Spanish Key, and uh, it is the first song on... Uh, Side C, I guess, disc two, if you've got it on record. Um, yeah, that's going to do it for us today. We will shout at you next week. My name is Quentin. My name is Travis.
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 